Today's episode is part two of a two-part focus on how to leverage the success mindset when you're growing your business. So if you haven't listened to part one, where we went through the three P's, you might want to listen to that first, because in this second part now, I'm sharing the five R's, which are all about how to boost your efforts in the success zone, how to deal with circumstance and change on our growth trajectory, and how to build your business resilience. See you on the inside. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. In part one, we talked a lot about developing the right mental attitude on your road to success, drawing on three P's, your philosophy, personality, and persistence. Without being overly simplistic, instead of seeing a dark cloud, we worked on seeing the silver lining in the cloud. Well, today's episode is part two of that two-part focus on how to leverage the success mindset when you're growing your business. So if you haven't listened to part one where we went through the three P's, you might want to listen to that first. Because this part, I'm sharing the five R's. And these are all about how to boost your efforts in the success zone, how to deal with circumstance and change on our growth trajectory, and how to build your business resilience. A positive outlook is necessary to see circumstance and change as opportunities to grow. The success mindset means developing business resilience such that you can work with the change and to make the most of what happens in your life or in your business environment. A fabulous book regarding change and positive attitude is Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson, MD. If you get the chance to read it, it's a very enlightening story. It's a short little book and you can actually watch a YouTube movie on it if you do a search on Who Moved My Cheese. And anyway, it's about these four little characters and how they respond to change. It's based on metaphors about success, what makes us happy, comfort zones, entitlement, challenge and so forth. And it's hilarious when you recognize bits of your own attitudes and behaviors or people that you know in one or more of the characters. My personal example for this was a major change from a long-standing career in academic development to starting my own consulting firm. And it all came about when the environment changed and I didn't really feel the job I was in was the right fit anymore. And I kind of sabotaged my position to get an out. It provided an opportunity to break free from all the politics of corporate management and working for myself now. For more than 13 years, I've had zero regrets. The whole change and opportunity came about because someone moved my cheese, so to speak. It was something I'd thought about doing for a long time because I knew it could create more freedom in my life, which is what I wanted, but I'd not had the courage to follow my entrepreneurial path, not really properly, until the situation presented itself and it kind of reached a tipping point. 
Without being overly simplistic, instead of saying a dark cloud of, I don't have a job anymore, when our circumstances change, work on seeing the silver lining in the cloud. Sometimes our new cheese is way better than the old cheese, and we hadn't realised there was another option until something supposedly bad happened. Instead of waiting for the push, why not seek out those changes, seek out new opportunities? Find ways to do things differently. That's the growth mindset. Jim Rohn, a popular business leader and mentor, famously said, for things to change, you have to change. For things to get better, you have to get better. But that doesn't mean always beating on yourself either. My motto is to plan for change by seeing and seeking out opportunities. I like to plan for both pace and peace. Pace so you feel you're always moving forward and peace so you can enjoy the successes along the way. So whether circumstances causes a change for you or you yourself push for change, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to see it as a positive development. With this in mind, what we're going to cover in this episode are five success boosters to help deal with our attitude and perception of circumstances and change. And just as last week we had the three P's, these ones all begin with R, the five R's. Success booster number one is reality checks. Number two, responsibility. Number three, it's about relationships. Number four is to reflect and assess. Number five, your mindset roadmap. And then we'll just finally have some words on benchmarks on the path to success so that you know, you know that you're on track. So let's look at booster number one, reality checks. In order to gain bright thinking, being positive, you must decide to look at the bright side of life. Oh my gosh, can you imagine though, when people, when you're feeling low and people sort of say, always look on the bright side of life. I mean, it would be really irritating, right? But I mean, say the company you work for is downsizing and you're getting laid off or made redundant. It would feel like a devastating blow. But instead of saying downsizing is a horrible thing that will plummet you into debt, despair and depression, consider it, as I did, an opportunity to look for a better job, to take a chance on developing new skills or going down a new career path that you wouldn't have had the opportunity to do before. Well, you probably wouldn't have taken the opportunity without this having happened to you. I write about this in my book about turning obstacles into opportunities because I had a similar circumstance and it led to me starting my consulting practice. I've been an independent business owner now for over 13 years and I can happily say, although there have been tough times, it's at least down to me, not someone else's decision and I've never regretted the move that that circumstance created for me. Now don't be Pollyanna-ish here by by being positive, I don't mean being blindly optimistic, but you've got to consider all sides of a situation before you adopt a negative perspective. In order to maintain a positive outlook, you've also got to be realistic. For example, if you've gained 30 pounds in the last three years, it would be highly unrealistic to expect to drop those 30 pounds in three weeks. If you take an honest and realistic assessment of your skills and goals, you're much more likely to find success in whatever field or career or pursuit you go for. 
So my advice is to maintain a cautious optimism as you seek success. Not be blindly optimistic about every situation. There are some situations in which positive thinking cannot overcome the situation you're faced with. Consider if you're a heavyweight boxer or a quarterback. These are men in excellent shape. But if either decided to trade in their sport for high jump or ballet, very unlikely they'd make a success of it, despite having a great physique. They're just not built for it. The same if something happens to you that really is outside of your control. There are workarounds, but you can't change the actual thing that's happened. Blind optimism also puts you at the mercy of con artists and fraudsters. So obviously your optimism must be tempered by context and relevance and a little bit of scenario planning and risk assessment doesn't do any harm either. No matter what your abilities are, and I'm sure they're fabulous, using them realistically will get you much farther than not. The right thinking paired with your abilities is what puts you on a course for success, no matter what field you're in. We've touched on this in the attitude sections last week, but there's more to it than just having a positive attitude. You must believe in yourself that you can do it. So how do I do that? You might be asking me right now. I'm not really good at very much. So-and-so at my office doesn't struggle with anything. That's why they succeed. I'm sorry, did we begin a wine fest here? (laughs) But, you know, people like talk themselves into not doing things, talk themselves into not being good enough. Um, And... It's really unhelpful in the long game. Who's bringing the cheese to go with that wine? One thing that stands in the way of success is your ability to believe in yourself whilst recognizing where you still need to learn and grow. Sometimes we stay too long in learning mode or we stay stuck in a situation that really isn't isn't fulfilling us, isn't making us happy. And we need to push ourselves to take action, even if it's imperfect action, so that we keep moving forward. Because by taking action, we find clarity about the next step. And that leads to the second R. Booster number two is all about responsibility. Success booster number two is about taking responsibility. It's about owning your circumstances and holding yourself accountable. Yes, some things you can't change, but how you respond to what happens to you is definitely in your control zone. If you're late for a meeting, we often give some lame excuse and we blame it on the traffic or a previous meeting running on. Two classics, right? But really the truth is you didn't leave early enough. Excuses keep you in victim land, whereas you really want to be in victor land. Excuses are natural but unhelpful behaviours in actual fact. Excuses don't give us the momentum we need to succeed. They zap our mojo, our mojo. Remember I talked about mojo last week in part one? Many moons ago, I was working with a coach within a leadership program, Bob Thompson, um, a great guy, author of Growing People and many other titles, actually, and is now a professor at Warwick Business School. Good friend of mine. Um, but we were in a kind of a mentoring sort of relationship at that time. And in one of the group sessions, he shared something that really struck home at the time. And it stayed with me for 15 plus years. Nowadays, you'd probably call it a meme. Um, and it was this. Responsibility plus accountability equals ownership. Responsibility without accountability doesn't equal much at all. It's just whining. And I was laughing when he came out with this because, you know, it was it was just a funny, a funny way to go from something quite serious to something kind of quite 
you know, <laughs> everyday life. But it really struck me um, in terms of how you turn your thinking around. What leads us to take responsibility and hold ourselves accountable is really a simple concept, and it's that of ownership. Because when we own the problem, we don't blame circumstances or other people. And ownership is a real driver of success here. And it's often tough to grab it by the horns because we all struggle with stuff, right? You know, with, with something that you feel has happened to you or been done to you, and whether or not you know what that something is even. And if you're blaming circumstances for why you couldn't get something done, it may be a deflection for holding yourself accountable or taking ownership and thinking what you could do differently in the circumstances. Or say, if you struggle with your self-esteem, then you're probably comparing yourself to other people and using a measuring stick to beat yourself with that's not even remotely accurate as you bash yourself in your own abilities. I once heard the story of Jessica Cox, an extraordinary lady who, despite being born with no arms, I mean, think about that, right? She's got a black belt in two martial arts and a private pilot's license. I mean, what? (laughs) In an interview, she said, circumstances count for 10%. How you deal with them counts for 90%. Well, I don't know about you, but that certainly inspires me to taking ownership for my success. So when I'm tempted to blame circumstances for why I didn't achieve something, that really always springs back to to me. At the same time, we do need to stay wary of reality. Remember the first R? And not beat ourselves up unduly either. Sometimes it really is circumstances. But nevertheless, successful people generally find a way around it. They persist. Last night, I was actually watching a documentary about Elon Musk. I mean, the guy just risked millions, uh, millions and millions um, in some of the pursuits that that he really wanted to, to do. It wasn't about the money for him. It was about making a difference in the world and in the planet that we that we exist on and, and actually looking to to inhabit other planets and, and just move the whole thinking process forward. But what struck me from that was just how persistent he was. Remember what we were dealing with last uh, in the last episode with the three P's. One of the P's was persistence. And, and I think he's the epitome of persistence with the way that he just goes from project to project. And, you know, he just he just doesn't accept failure and he'll find a way around. And you know, it's just incredible. Um, I recommend that you read his biography or, or watch a documentary on him. Now, this is why... I talk a lot about getting to the root cause of an issue so that you know what to take ownership of and what action is needed. In business, for instance, root cause may be hidden as a mindset issue and we spend a lot of time thrashing away at marketing or money elements. For every skill or task that you own, and it doesn't matter what it is, there is a way to Put those attributes and abilities to good use and to develop them and build them into your own personal success story. I know many examples where that has created a new angle in how you help your clients or customers. It's literally success personified because your success mindset, skills and tasks become a core part of how you help others develop those same attributes and abilities. Right, so that was responsibility. And now we're moving on to booster number three, which is all about relationships. So a lot of that was about doing it on your own and, 
you know, working on your mindset. This is actually about uh, understanding the role of other people in your in your mental well-being. Once you know the formula to success, it's really time to consider different avenues in which that formula could be put into action. The main one you'll find in every area of your life is relationships. Why relationships? Well, because we're human beings. You know, we're designed to interact with other human beings. This, by default, entails relationships. And also, by default, if you don't have appropriate skills to manage your relationships, you'll fail miserably at whatever success you're aiming for because none of us do it alone, right? Uh, We all need other people, whether it's just moral support or technical support uh, or whatever. You know, it's, it's really hard to achieve something difficult on your own. The first relationship you must consider is the one you have with yourself. So I mean, that does come back to what we were talking about in the other two boosters. If you don't like yourself, chances are great, you'll project that dislike to other people and your lack of self-appreciation will not propel you to success in any given field. The higher your integrity is as well, I think the more you will like yourself because there's self-respect there. The more you like yourself, the better your relationships will be with others from the inside out because you actually radiate um, something about your confidence, even if it's a quiet confidence. You don't have to be, you know, the life and soul of the party. You don't have to be, you know, this this mega successful person on a pedestal. But, But you radiate some kind of confidence of being happy in your own skin for a start and 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 comfortable and and content with the successes that you're having. Your family relationship is the next thing to examine. The most successful Harvard business graduates, class of 1949 by percentages, according to my facts, um, they had several things in common. They had wives who supported their work and endeavors, women who were intelligent and able to share ideas and be a sounding board. I mean, nowadays, you know, we would say partners because it's not just the husbands that are successful in their careers, but the wives too. And we find the husbands supporting them Um, or obviously in a same sex marriage, then, you know, your partner is a key part of your success. They built their personal family and business lives on a foundation of integrity. So that trust between partners is incredibly important as well. Family relationships are important when you consider your path to success. Because if you fail here, it's really hard to succeed elsewhere. Now, some of you might be loners, but I think most of us really like to tread this path of life with someone else, even if it's just close friends um, or family members. Um, not just a sort of romantic partner. And we've already sort of covered some of that um, elsewhere in terms of what they bring to you, what they contribute to you, what other people, other people can either like drain you or they can build you and recharge you. So just be careful of the people that you surround yourself with with that in mind. Now, business relationships follow closely behind family relationships. They play a major role in the security and productivity of everybody involved in them. You know, if you're in a project team, for example, and and in terms of the success and growth of the company, you know, a lot of companies run into difficulty when there's conflict and that, that conflict is not resolved. You just have to think about Apple for that one. You must also learn to manage your frustration as you deal with relationships because people aren't easy, right? We're all human and we all have problem areas. We all have triggers and sticking points that will irritate and inflame other people. 
If you can manage your frustration and turn a bad situation with an individual into something you can learn from and make profitable, you'll be that much further ahead on your road to success. Most people really struggle with that one. They really struggle to rein in that kind of emotional um, rebuttal that they that, that's kind of burning inside them. I mean, really, this is where a lot of road rage comes from because people are dissatisfied. They're angry at life and they take it out on every in every situation. So we're going to reverse engineer that really. And I mean, consider that the next person you meet as being absolutely critically important. He or she might look like someone who can't help you in your field. But then again, looks are deceiving. Sometimes the people that you dismiss actually end up being your most loyal um, team member or your best friend. Um, You never know when the person you assist might be able to assist you or report back, you know, what a great job you're doing. Just give you some super feedback that just makes your day. So let's sum up this section. You should be able to see how healthy family relationships, a willingness to go above and beyond at work, and an ability to consider the next person as important can have a monumental effect on your path to success. We cannot do it alone. And that mere fact means we must deal appropriately with people and relationships. Now, somewhere on your road to success, you'll begin to understand that you really are never alone. There are amazing sources of strength and help everywhere you look. You just have to use them. You'll have to look to find them and then know how to use them, but it beats the heck out of not having them at all. A team or a sense of community is incredibly important as you walk along your path. You may reap the benefits of success in your world, but you don't get there alone. And when you do get there, you want someone to celebrate with, right? The fallacy of the self-made man is just that, because everyone is influenced directly and indirectly by scores of people. Let's look at a list of people that might be involved in your success, and certainly in helping you with the success mindset. Parents, if they were there to raise you, they had a great influence on your life. Feelings of love and security, they're established really early Children who have parents who love, care for them and protect them gain enormously both psychologically and physiologically. Teachers. Chances are there's a teacher who has made an impression on you that you remember to this day. Positive or negative, there are teachers in our lives who have the power to influence us and shape us. Not just at school, but throughout your life. And sometimes we choose paths in response to a negative example a teacher has left us. More often than not, we choose paths that are due to the positive influence people have left in our lives. And then there's friends. The happiest and most successful people tend to have a wide range of friends from different walks of life. Friends encourage us, lift us up and are part of an inextricable support system in our lives. Another one is mentors. You could couple those with teachers, but really smart people who truly deserve success find mentors that will walk with them as they traverse their road. Mentors, whether a coach, counsellor or experienced friend or colleague, are able to point out pitfalls and potholes in the road that we might otherwise miss, and their wisdom and willingness to teach us is an invaluable gift. There's groups and clubs, whether it's through groups set up by spiritual leaders, like ministers, priests, rabbis, pastors, etc., or clubs based around our hobbies and interests, like ramblers, flower arrangers, book clubs, or music classes. These communities provide an amazing positivity in your life, 
and can contribute significantly to your mental well-being and sense of community. One of the difficulties with lockdown is, of course, we haven't been able to access a lot of these um, these people in our lives and, and nurture these relationships. Um, so having some kind of contact, even if it's virtual, with a community, with spiritual leaders. Um, I was having a conversation with a colleague just the other day who sort of said that is a really big source of um, of positivity for her. And, you know, it, it's what keeps you on the road towards success. And it doesn't guarantee that you'll never feel despair, but it does guarantee that you won't have to go through the dark times alone. Just as you have a team as you work towards success, you can be part of someone else's team as well. So be a friend to someone who's just starting out on the road to success. Encourage them, mentor them if appropriate, and commit to be there for them when they need you. Do the right thing. Remember your integrity and have compassion in all situations. You'll build your team and your success as you do these things. There's an old adage that says, you will get what you want when you help enough people get what they want. Alrighty, so booster number four, we're going to go on to talk about reflect and assess. At some point on your road to your goals, you'll need to take some time out to reflect and assess where you are, where you've been and how this is affecting where you want to go. I can't emphasize enough how great a timeout is for your productivity, as counterintuitive as that sounds. I always start by just unwinding with a, with a walk in nature or meditative music. I take five minutes every single morning to plug into an attitude of gratitude is my mantra, is to really sort of think about five things that I'm absolutely grateful for. Because, you know, we take a lot of things for granted in our life and we don't, we're not really tapping into that positive vibe that you get. So taking a moment also, you know, just to be and allow space in your brain. I'm not always plugged in to listening to books or podcasts when I'm out on my walks. Sometimes um, it's nice, but other times I just want that space. And it's usually when you have your biggest aha moments, in fact. Now, you can take time out in a doing way, too. I mean, one way you can reflect and take stock is to determine how you're doing and where you've been, and that's to journal. I personally am not a journaler, nor do I think everyone needs to be, but journaling is a great way for many people to track their progress. If you feel intimidated by a blank book that's sold as a journal, blog it. Blogging is a good way to put your thoughts down out and out there into cyberspace. Or choose an audio method, speak into a tape recorder. And if, like me, you're not a journaler, keep track of your progress and setbacks in the form of check marks or some other recording methods. I have a success journal where pretty much everything goes into that so that I don't lose sight of some of my best ideas as well as kind of what drove me to them. I personally like to reassess after achieving some part of my goal. There's usually a natural denouement that comes with an accomplishment, a little bit of time off, as it were. I use that time to consider what I've finished and how it fits into my goals and success. It's a bit of self-bragging, if you like. And another time to reflect and consider is when you've hit a stumbling block. As you look at the obstacle in front of you, try to figure out where it came from and why you might not have seen it before you tripped over it. If you've strayed off course and found this boulder that way, this is the time to determine that. If you've lost sight of your values, you may have found this problem as a result of that. Reassess now and get it back on track. Don't forget your key value of integrity and realize that integrity is the most important thing as you pursue success. 
Finally, use reflection time to re-evaluate your goals. Have your goals changed a bit since you wrote them down? Regardless of how you assess and consider your goals and your path to success, it's important that you do. In a lot of projects that I've managed, I find that goals really need tweaking along the way. They're not set in stone and also applies to the goals that we set for ourselves. So booster number five, the final R is roadmap, your mindset roadmap. So for booster number five, let me leave you with seven success milestones on the roadmap for you to consider how well you're adjusting your mindset along the road to your success. First one is to consider your responsibilities before your rights. Today's culture is moving us towards a sense that we must see it to believe it or have it now. And many of us fall into the trap of impatience. Yet in honesty, your success depends on how well you're able to play the long game as well as chase short-term wins. Be accepting of delayed gratification rather than wanting instant gratification and move your focus from your entitlement or sense of your rights to accountability that we talked about earlier and a commitment to taking responsibility and ownership. The second one is to fill up on faith, hope and love. I know that sounds super cheesy, but think about it. Your outlook's really what determines your output and your output determines your outcomes. When you choose to be optimistic, to read uplifting books, to listen to inspirational speakers, when you shine light rather than stay in darkness and you put faith, hope and love in your heart and mind, when you're open to appreciating and celebrating the little wins, not always focusing on the negative things that didn't go quite right, then we find we're able to overcome a lot more of life's struggles and live free from anger, greed, guilt, and envy, and those kind of hindering emotions. The third milestone is to make friends with your past and then look ahead. You can use your past as a stepping stone to your future, or you can let it cripple you. Over the years, I've really worked on my ability to live with no regrets, to truly believe that decisions I made in the past were the best ones I could have made in that moment in time. It's your choice whether you let feelings of regret hold you back or see past experiences as a gift of wisdom that move us positively forward. When you can make friends with your past, be focused on the present, and have a bright opinion of your future, you have succeeded, no matter what your goal is. Milestone number four. Know that success doesn't make you. Along with the idea above, understanding that a win doesn't make you and a loss doesn't break you. If you win, you'll still have more wins to make before you arrive. And if you lose, you'll have more opportunities to turn that around in the future. Nothing stands still. Milestone number five, stand up for morality. If you take a stand for what is right, even if it's the unpopular choice, or it costs you your job sometimes, you are successful. There's no disputing this fact. It's the centerpiece of your integrity and authenticity. Milestone six, be a servant friend or servant leader. Success isn't defined by how many people wait on your every whim or need. It's defined by how many people you can help or serve while you achieve your goals. If you can help others as you climb, you'll learn more and climb quicker. A servant's heart is the true hallmark of a leader and shows the character of the person in the position of leadership. And last, 
is milestone number seven. Know that failure is just an event. I talked about this earlier, but it bears repeating. If you fail, it does not define you. It just puts you back at square one with your idea or plan, or better still, you've learned valuable lessons for future ideas and plans. Whether you call it having a go at stuff or label it innovation, investment you make in developing new ways to do things fits under the heading of R&D, research and development for your business. And next week, I'm joined by Gaynor Gosling, who's going to be revealing how you could be claiming R&D tax relief and how to find out if you're eligible. Tax stuff is usually pretty dry and boring, but Gaynor and I had some fun and lots of enlightenment. So watch out for that episode coming out next Friday. For some final words then, let's talk about benchmarks. We've talked about milestones. We've also talked, now I'm going to talk about benchmarks on the path to success. I hope it's been helpful to you to spend a bit of time focusing on how to leverage the success mindset and how some creative thinking and mental training can come together to really help you stay positive, even in the face of challenging situations. Now, I'm not a mindset coach. I'm a business consultant and mentor. But it's so obvious that an integral part of helping my clients to be successful is this mindset area. And I've been an avid consumer of mindset and mindfulness and its centrality to how we see and strive towards achievement in our lives or careers, as well as in business. Just as in my intro, mindset, marketing and money is what makes a business tick. That's why I was really excited to share at this junction in the podcast lifecycle some of the insights and wisdom I've gleaned from others and taken on board in my own business. Admittedly, I don't always get this mindset stuff right. It's certainly more of a marathon than a sprint. I hope these two episodes on the success mindset helps you in some way to think differently about stuff that happens or how your thoughts are doing, as well as when looking at the bottlenecks in your business. Because I really believe we can get stuck in our own mind and we need to get out of our own way by making shifts in how we think and allow ourselves to feel rather than only focusing on the mechanics or marketing things. Nurturing your own success mindset and building resilience to circumstance and change is quite often all that it takes to make some major breakthroughs in your business and maybe even in your life. If there's one takeaway you get from this and the last episode too on how to stay in the success zone, it's that you can do this, you can succeed and you do have what it takes to be successful. Remember to keep a balance between optimism and reality, but always aim to find the gift in every problem, to see obstacles as opportunities and to think outside the box. Till next time, it's Chacha from me. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. 
And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.